The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on the show, we have Mark Sperry from Northeast Photographic. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you guys? Good, good. Thank you for joining us. I want to say I'm super excited for what you have in the works, hopefully, uh, mm. as a Super 8 shooter. But before we get to that, do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners, kind of give us a background on who you are and how you got into photography? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Mark. I uh, I got into photography probably like a lot of people did, I would think. Um, it was I took my first photography class in high school. Mm. And um, mm. I think like I, I think a lot of people can relate to this. I had a great teacher. Um, you know, who just kind of, uh, really kept like pushing me to, to sort of do better and was really like willing to let me be the, the inner introverted nerd that I think I, I didn't know I was at the time. You know, I was a kid that like, um, not to get like too, uh, therapy here, but Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I was a kid that like didn't excel at a lot. (laughs) I would say Mm. I had bad grades, wasn't doing sports, liked Final Fantasy VII a lot. And, was kind of, but like, and I had ADHD, which really kind of like made me, I don't know if you guys have that, but, mm. um, it's like, you can't excel at something unless you want to. Yeah. And photography yep. was like one of the first things where it was kind of like, oh, it's something clicked. I don't, you know, it's, it's hard to explain, but like from the first like class that I took, I mean, I had, I had the interest, so it's not like, you know, it was all sudden, but, um, from the first class that I took, I was like, this is something I'm going to be good at and mm. I'm going to be like fully good at it. Oh. And it was like the first thing that was like, I'm not going to sit here and play my PlayStation. I'm going to like read this textbook, like further than I'm supposed to. And cool. like, I, 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 was, yeah. I had a fascination with cameras. Like I, I would look at them and be like, how does this thing make a picture? Like mm. I just was kind of like, because uh. back then there was, you weren't Wikipediaing things. Right. So, <laughs> yep. you know, like you yep. just kind of look at it and you're just like, how literally, how does this work? So I just kind of got obsessed with it. And then I, uh, like I was saying, like, I think, I think being like a, a, not knowing that I was so as like an introvert, which I am like those hours that I would spend in the dark room were just like so good for yeah, me at the yeah, time. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just remember going, getting to the end of our semester 
And I was, I would, I realized like oncoming doom. I was like, wait a minute, I can't use the dark room. At yeah. School. No. Yeah. No. yeah. That happened to me in college. They were like, okay, you took the one dark room class. And I was like, okay, but can I still use the dark room? They were like, no. And I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. I know. I mean, this is like an aside, but I feel like since I graduated college, my mission in life has been to recreate the resources that I had mm. in college. Cause yeah. like you just, you don't like, you're not thinking about it. Like all this amazing equipment that you can use. And then you get out into the world and it's like, wait a minute, there's no RA4 processor. Right. What is this? <laughs> like, yeah, how, exactly. How am I supposed to print color guys? So, you know, I, I spent a lot of time. Um, I found this, uh, but I, in high school back then I found this, um, community dark room that I could use and yeah, it was just so great. I would spend all my time there. And, um, you know, I had like other interests, but I picked, uh, photography, I guess, through like a significant lack of foresight. And, mm. uh, <laughs> and I went, you know, I followed it through and went to college and, and, uh, picked a number of different pathways, uh, before landing on just kind of embracing the lab rat part of myself, I would yeah. say. I'm always so jealous of the lab rat. I had a small taste, you know, Chris, you too. We did the, yeah. you know, at home dark rooms that we, you know, sure. our bad bathroom type thing. And there's just mm -hmm. nothing like that. When you have printmaking and, mm -hmm. and all that at the tip of your finger, I, I couldn't even imagine being in like your lab. I'd be like a kid at <laughs> Toys R Us in 19, you know, 87. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I yeah. would feel. Wow. Am I that old? Jeez. I feel like photographers like the toys, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of toys to, to play with. And, uh, and that is, that is pretty satisfying. Um, and I have a, a really wonderful spouse that puts up with that. But I mean, <laughs> at least I tell the, the IRS that they are money making toys. And yeah, so yeah, 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 them. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but I mean, they are, and I need this stuff. But, it, you know, yeah, we've amassed like a pretty good collection of equipment here. And I've foolishly or not, I don't know, just satisfying my inner uh, desire to, like I said, just recreate that like college experience I've been building on my darkroom this year. And that, that makes oh. me no money. Um, but, uh, it's been great. And we actually are getting a new RA4 pro well, not new, we're getting an RA4 processor from Bard College. Oh, um, man. they're donating it to us. It's a 20 inch cobalt print, 20 by 24 color. Wow. And theoretically I could do RC black and white. You, if you drain it and you know, you wash it out pretty well, you could, you could use like our, uh, black and white chemicals. So yeah, I'm just, I feel like I'm just get, getting my feet back on the ground as far as like art making. That's amazing. Man. It's separate from the commerce stuff, but like, you know, the yeah, actual art yeah. making that I want to do. So let's, let's go back a little bit because were you... After high school and college, were you wor as working as a photographer for a while and then kind of decided because I've watched the mission statement about the about the lab. But go ahead and, and, and you know, kind of elaborate on how the lab came to be and what led you there. Um, Yeah. I mean, if I want to talk about like how the lab came to be, I should go back to college a little bit. Um, yeah. I went to Southern Illinois University uh, in Carbondale and they have a great uh, photography program. I don't know how it is now. I'm sure it's still great, but it was great then. It was kind of at the weird moment. I mean, I think I remember hearing from a, uh, an earlier podcast episode. You guys are roughly the same age as me. I think I'm 39. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm 41. Yep. Yeah. Nice. We are slightly too old for Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. The whole thing. I <laughs> yeah. still play. I mean, I play Pokemon okay. Go all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? That's that's cool too. I, <laughs> uh, I've had I had a person that was like a little younger than me, being like, "What do you mean you didn't you don't know anything about Pokemon?" And I'm like, "It was uh, my younger brother did. That was like, that was yeah, like Power Rangers." 
like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> man, the pink yeah, Power, Power Rangers. Rangers exactly. I was in love with her. My goodness. <laughs> but I mean, at that time in college, uh, I, I, I graduated high school in uh, 2003. And so I was in college till 2007. And at that time in college, um, it was like, I heard somebody else make this analogy, but it was like you were learning how to do all this stuff as they were throwing it out. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. Yep. People don't remember how bad digital was at that right. time. right. You know, it was like Canon was like, hey, do you want to spend like $7,000 on a six megapixel APS-C camera mm-hmm. that with a terrible screen that the battery doesn't last? Like, right. you know, it was really until like, I don't know, the 5D, which really kind of came out when I graduated, mm-hmm. that things started to get more reasonable. Oh, interesting. So I was learning all film stuff and I still loved it. You know, I still loved the darkroom and I had I had like a kind of a Dumbledore type professor who mm-hmm. was really into the film stuff, you know, old school guy, I just didn't want to give it up. And I was just kind of in with a group of kids that were sort of, you know, he just had that kind of prof- professorial kind of a, a lure. You're just like, like this guy, he was kind of a mentor figure. And he got us all shooting large format constantly. Yes. And, you know, there was some great work coming out. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is this is it. This is what I need to learn. So I, I focused on, like, uh, advanced sensitometry, doing a lot of large format stuff, a lot of 8x10, a lot of 4x5, like, just kind of getting, nailing, like, this chemical technical stuff that really would not serve me until I started this lab. Mm-hmm. Um, so I graduate college in 2007, and I, I went to, back to home. I'm from Minneapolis originally. And I started um, just kind of... A photo assisting in the commercial space. Yeah. Um, so doing a lot of work in Minneapolis means you're working for Target uh, Circular a lot. Um, yeah. you know, like the Sunday oh, yeah. Circular. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and uh, and I, I liked I liked it a lot. I, I I wouldn't say I ever was great at it, but I I, I found photo assisting a really fun ma- way to make money. Yeah. Um, but I had. I, I was starting to see at that time even that I, w- I had no future as a commercial photographer. I just don't have that eye. Right, right, you know, right. I was kind of like, I don't care about this. I yeah, like yeah. hanging out with these people, but I'm not I – c- I mean, as I used to joke that I can't light my way out of a closet, and I think that's still true. <laughs> you know, I just like – I don't get it. I don't like lights. I, I find them to be a hassle. Right, right, right. So then I moved to New York City just to – I had wanted to move to New York. I did this internship briefly in New York City and uh, coming from Minneapolis, like, you know, New York is like just Disneyland for 20-somethings. Mm. Um, yep. So you just kind of – and then this was 2008, so the market crashed. It was terrible. Yeah. All the assisting work was gone. I mean, unless you were really good, which I wasn't Wasn't really. I couldn't claim that. Um and I got, a, I, I, I was lucky uh, at the time I got a job at B&H Photo uh, oh, and I cool. worked in the oh, used cool. department. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would sell used uh, cameras. So I, I learned like all the old camera systems, like really yeah. well, you know, like I, I knew some, but like really like just got to try everything, which was fun. I bet you some of those prices compared <laughs> to now were, uh, does it make your heart break a little bit? Only for the stuff that I didn't know about, really. Um, yeah. Like Contact 645s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. If I would have just, like, bought one a year, yeah. <laughs> I probably yeah. like, made my way to a down payment on a house yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were, like, a grand when I started. and I But I was like, what is this weird camera? Yeah. You know, like... It's tiny 645 who wants to shoot that right um like i didn't i didn't know anything throughout that time like the film resurgence thing was kind of starting to happen mm-hmm. um and i didn't i was I, I can't claim that i i knew it was going to come back like that i you know i was playing with digital cameras i was having right. you know whatever i didn't have a dark room so it was just kind of i liked being in these department because i know a lot about film stuff and knew uh, and and knew how to sell it but i 
I was like, I, I hope this sticks around. Right. I was trying to find a way out, though, because I was not a very good. I'm a very terrible employee, which is why I need to be my <laughs> own boss. Yep, I'm, yep. I'm the worst. I was like never on time. Um, and uh, I was trying to find a way out. And I took I started getting into doing weddings because I noticed that they were on film a lot. And I kind of yeah. enjoyed shooting weddings. And I took the uh, the find workshop, you know, John Canlaw's yeah, 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 yeah. The find lab. Yeah, I took his workshop in Rhode Island. And uh, I, I just took what I, that, this was back when, well, I guess I, I should say it was when I first became aware that labs were starting to let you mail them film and they scan everything at high resolution and give you a digital download. Right. Because when I got to New York, it very much was not that way. You right. Know, it was mm. still the old school. It was like, drop off your film and they're like, do you want a contact sheet or do you mm-hmm. want prints or, you know, you want, just want the negatives back. Yeah. Right. So when. I took that workshop. I would really be kind of like the awareness dawned on me, like, oh, people are taking these old lab uh, scanners that used to be or meant to be hooked up to mini labs for printing, and just scanning and delivering files. And I took away from it. I was like, oh, I need to start a lab or work at right. a lab or something because this is like what I know how to do. Right. I but I you know it took a long time. I, I, I shot weddings for a few more years, a lot on film. Mm-hmm. Um, I I never had the business acumen to like make my own studio happen. But I, so I would work for people that would have hire me out as an associate. Right. And I met my wife probably during that time. And, um, we both were getting sick in New York cause just stopped taking advantage of it. You know, you kind of, we're getting towards our thirties and, uh, just stopping like fun in the same way. And, yeah. uh, we moved, we decided we wanted to move to Maine cause we love it up here. It's just a crazy, beautiful place. We wanted to live in like, it is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to live somewhere special. So we, Moved up here, and I was unhirable for any kind of other work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what is what is my resume like? It's just black and white, developing, photo assisting, and selling used cameras. Yeah, that's yeah. not happening here. Yeah, <laughs> I did for a hot second try to get like assisting work, but basically, it's it's such a small market that they it was just they 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 all hire within a pool and it's not even freelance really i think they just kind of have these collectives and it just didn't happen so i don't know i took a big risk and got a fuji frontier and a phototherm and started the lab in my apartment and then what what year was that uh, i was i think it was 2017 wow Mm. wow 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 wow. and then um every year we've been growing like crazy and i've just been investing everything like back into the lab and now we have uh you know when we bought our house we moved the lab um, into the garage <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, you know, we started to get some mini lab equipment and more scanners. And then uh, about a year to two years ago, we moved into this commercial space where I'm sitting now. And yeah, it's been, it's just been still crazy, you know, more scanners, bigger processing equipment. We just added a, we just switched from using a mini lab processor for C41 to a Colex, which is a roller transport machine. It's, it's 20 inches long. So it'll accept any format, you know, as big as 20 inches, basically. So like oh. from 35 millimeter to like, so six rolls of 35 millimeter at once. Yeah. Or four, or, or six 120s or usually like four, four by fives or two eight by tens or one 11 by 14. It'll, you know, it, it'll take it through the machine like that dry to dry. So that's, been a huge production booster and and like i was saying yeah now i'm doing like weird darkroom stuff and having we're having a great time (laughs) man it's amazing so finding that equipment is is it kind of since since film kind of like died off and then at at that time is that when you're finding this equipment like when film's kind of at a at a not so popular point are you is it kind of like you said you were 
given a, you know, an R4A printer or is that what they're called? R4. RA4, yeah. Um, you know, it, like stuff like that. Are you finding like sweet deals on this or is it kind of prices are still pretty crazy on equipment like that? Mostly, I would say I have been building my lab. I feel like I started building my lab like after the le- the, the the time of amazing deals, if, if that was okay. era. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember people talking about like getting Fuji Frontiers for you know, uh, two or $3,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. I bought mine, um, for like, I think like five and a half. And okay. then I had bought our second one for seven and a half. And I don't know what they would go for now. You know, our Naritsu was pretty expensive. The mini lab that we started with the Naritsu V30, which is our first mini lab that I got for cheap because the local Photoshop closed down. Mm-hmm. It was a photo lab slash like selling stickers relating to guns business or something. It was very strange <laughs> couple uh, up in Rockland, Maine, but they were great. They had taken great care of their Naritsu and um, I was happy to get it. So I, um, me and a, a very um, nice friend that I have up in Rockland, who's now the um, staff photographer for our local magazine down East um, helped me move it out. And he, he's been <laughs> very helpful when I have to like move something on a truck. Like you have to often do. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. You know, so it's been a real mixed bag. Like, like the other day, the Vermont center of guy from the Vermont center of photography, who I have not met just messaged me and was like, Hey, Bard college wants to give away their Colex RA4 processor. Do you want it? And I said, yes. Yeah. I of course. Do. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I don't know if I'll ever monetize it, but, you know, I'd like to have like a rental darkroom at some point. Mm-hmm. It, it's not really yeah. possible in the space we're in, but if yeah. we can offer that, that would be amazing. Or or do like, if not like open rentals, like artist residencies for people and say like, do you want, you know, what's your project? Do you want access to our facility? I, you know, that's stuff I would like to use. So having the equipment is good for that. I mean, if you just have these opportunities, you just kind of have to say yes, because a lot of this stuff they don't make anymore. Right, right. Now, is it just you doing this or do you have like a team or employees? Like how how does that work for you? Up until in the second age, I've been watching a lot of Lord of the Rings content. So let's just call everything an age. (laughs) Um, In the second age, I was in the garage and that's the last point where I was on my own. When we moved into this space, uh, my wife came on board. Uh, She is a baker. So she works at a local bakery, but she started coming in. And um, first it was like three days a week. And now it's every day. Wow. And now she's quitting baking and she's going to be in all the time. I should hire people, to be honest. I have just decided to stay very lean for as long as I can. It just yeah. seems smart. It's easier. smart. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I, uh, but I could be probably a lot more efficient if I had like a bunch of people running around. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't made that choice. I, I, we will eventually have to, but uh, right. I, I, yeah, right now it's, it's pretty, yeah. Uh, but I, I bet, I mean, there was a result of that. I mean, like God, this month I've been working six days a week. Like I'm often here until nine or 10. Yeah. So, you gotta be careful. You get burnt out. I know it's this late <laughs> summer period where it's just, everybody goes crazy. I mean, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, yep. is the, this is our busiest time. So wow, just trying to stay ahead of things. And we have had the Indiegogo. So that's been like just it, yeah. it, it, a lot of time. So I'm super excited. And I, and I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because we want to help this little, you know, mission that you have to okay. make Super 8 affordable. Yeah. I've shot Super 8, you know, a handful of times. And it's always for special occasions because it is so expensive. So like uh, my honeymoon, I shot some because I was like, that's a memory I want to save. And, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I want to. I'll shoot Super 8 on my son's first birthday. And then I instantly was like, well, that'll cost this much money. 
Yeah. That like yeah. I I'm gonna have to put it towards the party probably. I won't be able to shoot the Super Eight, and that's a huge bummer. You know. Yeah. Because it's it's unfortunate. So here we are. So I want you to what what is the what is what is your plan like? How can we make this not be <laughs> astronomical <laughs> to shoot Super Eight anymore? Well, I mean, should we explain what Super Eight is and yeah, and let's let's of, go, yeah. let's go yeah. all the way. Yes. Yep. <laughs> So not to be too biographical again, but mm-hmm. I, my first experience with Super 8 um, was probably the opening credits of the Wonder Years. Yep. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect example. What yeah, I mean, that's would what you I, do if I say that? <laughs> All right, so I'll stop. I'll exactly. stop. <laughs> I also have this, this – I've always had like a curiosity of, 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 an, like, of another age where, you know, where you needed to – make a movie, but there wasn't any video equipment. And I, I remember, mm-hmm. I mean, I know now how that worked, but at the time when I was first getting into photography, it was when I first started being interested in Super 8. I was like, how did people make home movies? Because I know they existed. I yeah, would, and yeah. like, what was the technology back then to do that? And so I just started kind of like learning about Super 8 and I always thought it would be really neat to do. And I started shooting Super 8 uh, during the age of B&H uh, yeah. when I... I found some online vendors that were selling cameras and I knew that we sold the film. So I just kind of was doing like, you know, I did my own research and I found, um, <laughs> uh, I found like pro eight millimeter in California. Yep. Yep. And, um, and I was like, okay, I like, I've always been interested in this, so I'm going to try it and it's, it, we'll see what it is. But even at that time and the prices have gone up, but like at that time it wasn't cheap to do. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it was like, you know, the cartridge of, well, they sold film included cartridges. So like all right. in, it was like about a hundred dollars, you know, for, but how much that's like three minutes, <sighs> three right? minutes, roughly yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, and, and they do a, a killer job. Like the work they do is top notch. In fact, all the existing services for super eight that are in the marketplace now are great. Yeah. I have no problem with them. I'm not saying that anyone's doing a bad job, but it seems like this format that is, was designed originally as a home video format. You know, this is like for the simplest person to use as like really just like I my kid is running around in the yard, like in the opening credits mm-hmm. of the Wonder Years to use, um, has transformed into into a uh, creative tool for filmmakers. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's like this miracle that it's around at all because right. yeah. it definitely yeah. seems like the kind of thing that Kodak would just be like, uh, <laughs> what are we doing uh, making right. this stuff anymore? But I feel like this year I've seen more Super 8 than ever on tv and in you know i started seeing it a lot in like like wet like seeing wedding photographers do it and i did that for a short time which i love that by the way i like it more than most wedding videos because wedding videos are crazy and these like but these like super eights are just like a little music video Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's how i was introduced to it a friend of mine he knew i was a photographer and he was like hey i want to give this as a gift to my brother can i hire you to come shoot super eight at the wedding and I was like, what is Super 8? <laughs> you know, like this was like 2011, I think. Yeah. And he was like, you don't have to. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a photographer. I can't. I don't. I'm not. I can't. And he was like, all you have to do is point it yeah. and move around. <laughs> like, that's it. The camera will do everything. I'll edit it all. That's all I need you to do. And I was like, OK. So I came to his brother's wedding, literally just like did like cute little like went around the bride and groom like as they were you know talking and like and he made this beautiful thing out of it and so then i was like i need this yeah <laughs> this needs to be <laughs> something i i and what he did he didn't even have it scanned he shot it off 
the wall off sure. the project. So he would project it onto this wall and then record it with his ca- with his like DSLR uh-huh. and use that as video. Yeah. Which I tried to do and was like, this is not working out for me. <laughs> and that's when I found, at that time, I had moved to California and found super, uh, what are they called? Pro, 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 Pro yep. Millimeter, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just this like really kind of enchanting format. I mean, I talk about this a little bit in the, on the Indiegogo page, which I hope people go to and check out. But uh, I've shot a handful of Super 8 from that time where I started using it. And... When I go back to these like little clips, because that's the way that you shoot it for people that have never done this before. Yeah. It's like shooting video on your iPhone in that you hold down the button and it goes, you release it and it stops. There's no audio. There's a handful of color negative stocks uh, made famous by Cindy Still, which you may have shot. Or there's basically (laughs) Tri-X, which they sell as a version where you make into a reversal film, like a slide film. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's. Uh, there was a brief moment where they did not have a color reversal film, but they brought yeah. Ektachrome back, and it's better than ever. So that's like a big mm-hmm, freaking mm-hmm. reason why it's yeah. great and why I want to do more with Super 8. But, I mean, like when that came back, I started getting back into Super 8 because the color and the contrast and the grain and the texture from a reversal film like Ektachrome is, uh, you know, it hits all the erogenous zones of, yes. of, yeah. of, yes. of this medium. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so I... Um, I mean, I'm trying to like organize my thoughts here. I'm sorry. Like I said, I have ADHD, no, totally. but um, it's all good. So all of these labs that exist now, they're pretty much using scanners from a company called Laser Graphics. Now, Laser Graphics makes amazing cinema scanners. I hope that they someday make a stills scanner, but that's another conversation. But uh, <laughs> they make these scanners. That the installation cost and setup fee is ten thousand dollars, and that does not Ooh. include the equipment. So you're talking Ooh, about. Right. I think they started about fifty grand. But most of the time, you buy the one that's like a hundred thousand, and they go up to like five hundred thousand dollars. Oh my! I had no idea. My goodness! Wow. They yeah. are cool. If you want to read about them, um, they make one. Yeah, that's I like have to 13, look into that. Yeah, they make one that's like thirteen point five k, and they'll have fluid mounts where they'll like like it's like fluid mounting for a drum scan, you know, where the film is like literally yeah. encased in a fluid as it goes yeah. through. Yeah. And it. Oh, cool. It, yeah, like eliminates dust and scratch. I mean, these things are incredible, but. What if you are a photographer, an enthusiast, someone who's, I mean, even shooting weddings. Yeah. Like, do you need the same treatment that Christopher Nolan gets? <laughs> and, and, and that's because that's the thing I want to talk because that lab is like, well, they're processing Christopher Nolan stuff, you know, literally. Yeah. I mean, I, I like a great example of a lot of Super 8 this year was uh, Winning Time on HBO. I don't, did you guys check that out? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's I'm not a sports fan, uh, but it's about the first uh, season of a, a dynasty of the Lakers. And it's made by. Uh, oh, uh, yes. oh, OK. Yeah. It's made by um, the guy who made. Um, uh, oh, my God. Like I said, I, 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 I terrible with with memory, but um, he made Don't Look Up and, uh, you know, Vice. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he was with Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell's counterpart, head writer SNL. <laughs> like, oh, my God. How much? We, we, we can totally we can totally Google it. All right. Well, it doesn't matter, but he made it. And so it's like funny. John C. Riley is the owner of the Lakers and it's like an ensemble show, but he shot it all like it was a documentary from the 1980s. Yeah. So, so ton of Super uh, 8, ton of 16. I gotta check this out. There's a, like, yeah. They'll cut in one scene from Super 8 to ancient video to 16 millimeter and just yeah, intersplice it's wild. It. I have seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I, like I said, I don't like sports, but the narrative is great. I have come to find out later that it, it's not quite the most accurate show, but I don't really care because oh. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, it's like the best showcase of what these formats can do 
because it right. becomes part of this like visual pastiche. But anyway, like, yeah, Pro 8 Millimeter is doing that. And then like, mm-hmm. if I go on a road trip, they're editing or they're, and they're not editing, right. but they're transferring what I shoot. So I feel that there is space in the marketplace for a lab. And I think it should be a stills based lab. If it's my own, mm. I will be very happy. But I honestly hope that even if uh, another lab might do it, like if Indie Film Lab decides that they should do it, I think they maybe right. should. Like Because it doesn't make sense with the mediums that we have that we should entirely limit ourselves to stills. Mm-hmm. I think the way that everyone shows work is largely on screens, whether it be analog right. or digital work. And those screens are like a newspaper in Harry Potter. The things can move if they want to. Right, so right, <laughs> right. room for someone in their, if they were a 100% analog shooter, to grab a Super 8 camera. They're really not that expensive, even like remade ones. The film is like not terribly expensive, but the service to get it scanned is super expensive because they think yeah. that you're Christopher Nolan or right. Steven Spielberg or whatever who you might be. And they think you have a budget being like, oh, you have Nike paying you to do a fashion thing on, on film. I wish. Yeah, no, no, I'm just on a road trip. So Yeah, yeah, I'm on my honeymoon. That's Yeah, it. like that's what I'm doing. So there's room in the marketplace. And now that there are scanners uh, that are not laser graphic scanners that some of them are made even exclusively to scan Super 8. You know, there's really, really cheap ones that are, are, are quite terrible, but there are ones that are kind of at a medium price point. Um, you know, there's there's one uh, being made in Europe called The Picture, and it's made by a company called Film Fabrique. It goes for about $20,000. And it'll produce mm. amazing results that are, like, probably comparable to the stuff you would get back from Pro 8 millimeter. The thing is, the Pro 8 millimeter one can also accept, like, up to 35 and 65 millimeter. But if you don't need to do that, if you can cut out right. all that extra uh, stuff, okay. you right. can offer the Super 8 experience, which, again, is this, like, easy-to-use consumer format to artists. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and we can bring the cost down. And we can re- I think of it as, like, returning it back to the intended target market, which is right. just people with that curiosity about motion. And then they can intersplice it with all the other stuff. I mean, you know, maybe it'll make reels somewhat bearable. If we can use triumphs, you know, to to produce them. I mean, in my mind, it's so easy now. Like, um, like I, I've been doing, I've had, I have to do, you know, social media stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of terrible at at, at a lot of these Mm -hmm. things. And like, I have an understanding of final cut from growing up in the, uh, in the jackass era of, uh, of high school. But, uh, (laughs) so I have some understanding of like desktop editing software, but I mean, I've been shooting stuff and having fun on, on my phone and then editing it in Premiere Rush, which is yep. part of the Photoshop yep. uh, Creative Cloud. It's I think it's a free add-on. Mm-hmm. I think it's free. You can edit right on your phone. I mean, in my visualization of it is you could download your Super 8 stuff right to your phone. It's not like you need to do that complex of edits. I mean, you kind of edit as you shoot it because you're like click, right. shoot, stop, shoot, stop. Right. Yep, yep. In fact, there's entire film festivals that are built around shooting an entire film just on one cartridge without doing any edits. Oh. Whoa. I, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, th- I think it's called the, the one shot or something. Not, it's not Amazing. called the one shot, but it's something similar to that where, like, anyway, the editing process is somewhat built into using the format. So in my perfect visualization of this, a person could go on that road trip, shoot the stills they want to shoot, shoot the Super 8 they want to shoot, get them both back from the same lab, download them to their phone, edit them out, Make a reel, whatever they want to do, th- throw yeah. it on the talk <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I'm not yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like th- these mediums are, are, are existing together and they're doing the same thing. So I just want to like, I just want to enable that for people. I want to like, 
And if I do it, maybe somebody will do it better than me. You know, maybe like I, I just think mm. it, like the conversation should be started. You know, I, uh, there's yeah. room in my yeah. workflow for for doing the, these kind of transfers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the basic mission. So is that what you need? You need one of these machines. Is that is that what the whole what what is the the crowdfunding? Like, what's your goal? What are your goals with that? Like, what are you trying to achieve with the with the crowdfunding? So what do you need? What do we need to get? get yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sold. I'm ready. Well, I, OK, so I'm I'm developing the film now. I can do it with our Jobo automatic rotary processors. There uh, are oh, okay. there are drums right. to do it. Now, hmm. Orwo, uh, you know, is making a big deal about a few different stocks that they're bringing back and they have a new color emulsion. They say that they're going to make it in Super 8. This is oh. not an ECN2 stock. So it could be run in our Colex processor that we just installed. It could be run in a mini lab, oh. actually. So like, okay. if you own, if you're running like an Aritzia V30 mini lab, like you'd see anywhere, mm. I mean, that film could be attached to a leader card, snaked through a machine and it would be developed. I, I actually would love to talk to Kodak and be like, hey... You know, this gold stuff, it's pretty good. Why isn't it available in Super 8? Because there's lots of places. Yeah. That could... <laughs> you know what? Like, um, I don't like I, w- I would like some filmmaker to tell me why Super 8 needs a Remjet coating because um, Ektachrome doesn't have it and Triax doesn't have it. Huh. So it would just like C41 is so easy for people to process. People yeah. do it at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. You know, right. like the Remjet is a real challenge. I mean, there's some labs that are, are doing like small scale Remjet, but you're processing, but you're, you're literally taking out 50 feet of film and then running your film through like cotton swabs to remove it at the end. I mean, it's yeah. not practical from a, yep. a scaling standpoint. Um, right. Right. But anyway, processing, I got it down. We, we're doing it already. What we're trying to raise money for is a scanner. So the scanners we've selected mm. for the uh, uh, the Indiegogo now are made by an American company called. Um, they have their names. I'm not so sold on, but the technology is very good. Uh, <laughs> the name is Movie Stuff, uh, and they make <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they make a scan. They they've done a line of scanners called RetroScan, but they've really evolved, and they actually just released two new models. Um, like within weeks of me launching the Indiegogo, actually, one is called the um, the Universal Two, and then one is called uh, just the Universal Eight Sixteen. So the Universal Eight Sixteen is a mini me version of the Universal Two. The Universal Two will literally do thirty five millimeters Super Eight, and it'll do it on uh, it'll do it up to four K. Oh, nice! Yeah, wow. and and it's great. It's it's like you know the support for it is awesome because it's an American made company. American company, they'll. You know, you can get the owner on the phone at like almost any time. And, and, and that, that's invaluable in my experience as right. being a lab owner. And there's a good user network as well. So you can get a lot of help with these things. The 816 model is also great. It'll do 8 millimeter and 16 millimeter. It's a 2K. I think 2K is fine for Super 8. I, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. perfect. It's not, yeah. you're not, I mean, there's scanners that'll scan Super 8 up to 8K. You're just not, you're not revealing anything past. Right, right, right. Really probably, I mean, 4K, it may be if you're shooting like 50D, but you're not seeing much more. Like, it's just, it's really more just about like the file for your, uh, or your intended output. Yeah, yeah. We can acquire one of these things and, and basically get started. I mean, they, 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 wow. they're shipping them now. Um, that's what we're trying to raise money for. We are doing it, I will say, in kind of a different way. You know, most of the time, like if you're my friends who run Negative Supply have done a, a number of mm-hmm. successful Kickstarters, they're doing it slightly mm-hmm. differently. They're making a thing, like their, you know, their film scanning carrier. And they are saying, okay, it's basically a pre-sale, you know, and they just, they sell this many units. I was resistant to just doing a pre-sale of the product because I didn't 
I'm going to have to get this thing and then learn how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be like completely overwhelmed with the amount of film that all of my backers are sending in all at once. And I also didn't want to have people have to wait in line. Um, I felt like that would be a bad like user experience. So I worked with artists. uh, I worked with a guy in Maine um, who did a lot of our fun products. We just kind of wanted to have fun with it. Like some stuff that we could use like a bake sale almost where instead of like this. Right, 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 right. We designed some like Kodak and Fuji themed socks and uh, we have like a cool. couple, of great, that. Love that. couple of great shirts. It's really the same like design, but we have a long sleeve tee and a short t- sleeve tee. We're selling the most of those, you know, yeah. we, we designed an awesome darkroom apron. I'm really excited about that as someone with many chemical stains on my clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you could use it for cooking or many other things, whatever you wanted. But it, it's a really cool like retro style. He actually based it off of one that he found. It's like a 1970s like Kodak design, and he kind of just took that and ran cool. with it. And then I worked with an artist uh, in Minneapolis, where I'm from, who does gr- like graphic illustration. And I showed her my favorite Super 8 camera, which is this uh, Beilu 4008ZM, which is one of the most advanced Super 8 cameras in that it's kind of it, it it functions more like a professional cinema camera. It's actually the one that they would have used on Winning Time. I think they I think I saw a behind the scenes post hmm. they they did shoot with that camera. It's just beautiful, like French design. If somebody has, can Google it. It's a 4008 ZM2. I had to have one. I, I recently got one this year because it's just like so freaking Sweet. gorgeous. Yeah. I said, I showed her this camera and I was like, I love the worlds that you create through your personal vision. Her name is Erica Williams. And if, if somebody wants to find her on Instagram, I think her Instagram handle is hooky duck. I hope you guys maybe put it in the description. Yeah. I'll yeah. put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Her, sure. uh, she's, she's just a fantastic illustrator and she created this kind of scene where it's kind of like dark. we were having like we were doing a lot of like demon stuff. Uh, we were on like a demon kick at the time that we were making all these things. So like the t-shirt <laughs> is a demon. And like Danny Guger, who did the designs for the clothing, he, he was like, well, I have this idea where a demon is in hell and he's trying to find the right exposure settings. So he's like thinking about what's <laughs> <laughs> and So that was kind of like what he did. Uh, and then this to Erica, I was like, well, we have this like demon thing. And, um, and we want to have you use this camera. So she did kind of this illustration of a Bridget Bardot type in this kind of like night scene. You know, she's got like these devil wings and this camera. And Mm. then there's these like three eyed crows around. And it's like, it's very cool. Uh, and so we're selling that as kind of like the uh, limited edition screen print poster. So the, like a portion of all of the funds that we raise through selling all of these things will go towards the ultimate goal. Now, it creates a challenge, just to be perfectly honest, and that I basically need to raise like double what I would actually need to do this thing. Oh, you okay. know, so, like I, if I would have like the price of the it's because I have to pay for all the material. I have to or not the material. Right. I have to pay for the all the productions of the shirts, the socks, the, the you know, all the stuff that needs to be ordered. And then. I have to get the equipment. So I'm taking a big swing. I'm doing it in an interesting way. I'm, I'm hoping that it works. Uh, but I thought that, yeah. you know, even while people are waiting for us to get set up and launch the service, they'll get maybe just a cool product that we've designed yeah. that they like. And then, yeah. Oh, and, we, and, and we are pre-selling some of it. I mean, you can, I mean, you can go on the Indiegogo and order a cartridge of Tri-X processed and scanned and then or a cartridge of Ectochrome processed and scanned, right? And it's built into a bundle. So it's not like we're not pre-selling any of it. Uh, but we... But I, I didn't want that to just be the thing because I didn't want people to just walk right, away. Right, right, right. You know, like I well, basically I've, I've already laid out that information. But yeah, I mean that's a smart. I, I mean it's interesting, but it's also as like somebody who wants to back project like this, is there not like, well, I'll never get the thing. I'm sure I'll never see it or whatever. Like I'm going to get my little T-shirt 
in the meantime, while I'm waiting for this, you know, exciting step forward and super eight to happen. So that, I think that's really cool. Yeah, there's no risk. I mean, it's not like I'm, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to like the companies make the things that I need. They exist in the world. Right. They're in production now. I just have to get them. The shirts is right. not going to be a challenge. We can make them. Like we know how to do all right. of this stuff. Right. I'm not going to find out that like one widget doesn't fit properly and I have to spend six months redesigning it. So like I hope right. that by if, if we're successful, you know, by like maybe the end of spring, and I think they take about six months to actually ship the scanners because you buy them mm-hmm. and then, then they start building them by, you know, I think like by spring, maybe early summer, I, I should be fully operating. Uh, but you guys or anyone that that backs the project, they'll have all the rewards that they purchased. Well before then, right. you know, we, won't, yeah. we wouldn't put anything in production yeah. until it finishes. But, you know, we'll, you know, once it if, uh, if we're successful the day after we get funded. Yeah, I'll just order the shirts and you'll get them. Amazing. How many days or is this something you're like extend the campaign until you meet the mark? Or is it like you're going to try this one thing and it doesn't work? You're going to pump the brakes or like what are your what's the, the thought process? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, we have 10 days left because I did just one yeah. month. That's why I, I was like, we got to get them on. <laughs> Now, <laughs> I have, uh, you know, it is a challenge. I, I'm, uh, it, there's a very good chance we just simply won't meet our, meet our goal and, and mm-hmm. that'll be a bummer. Um, but I will be glad that I made the swing, um, to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to give up on super eight at that point. I'm going to keep trying to make it happen. Maybe I just wait until I can self fund the scanner. Uh, and, but to be honest, if I was to do that, I would launch at a lower service level. Like I may use, I may, I may be, would be maybe be forced to work with out labs because we don't, because it's not just the scanner that we, we ultimately need. Like we have one processing drum. We need about like five to be in operation and they're each a thousand dollars. Right. Right. Filmomat, who is this, uh, company based in the EU that makes little processors. They actually, I mean, that's one of the things I should say is there's kind of this like perfect storm around Super 8. I mean, related to, I just saw like what we were talking about, how it's like, I'm seeing it more and more in the world, but also like you're seeing more products related to it. Um, and people restoring the cameras now, like there seems to be some energy around it. This company Filmomat who make small scale processors, they're not really suitable for a, a full lab, um, in terms of their photo processing machines that only do like four rolls at a time, but really cool automated mm-hmm. processors that like are very beautifully designed. He he launched a Super 8 capable processor that's actually a little bit smarter than the Jobo design in, in a couple of ways. His real design mostly uh-huh. is really cool. So he just launched that. I mean, that maybe would be something that I would investigate if we were successful. Some of that stuff, if we're not successful and I have to fund all the stuff through our, like through siphoning off money from our day-to-day, normal, not only operations, but regular expansions that we're planning on doing, mm-hmm. I might not be able to do that stuff. Like I wouldn't, pro- maybe I would work with an out lab and say like, we develop film that's already been developed, you know, and or, or focus mm-hmm. on archival stuff. But I mean, that being said, like I said before, even if we're not successful, I I hope that my vision comes through somehow and I'll work towards that goal. I would love to be able to sit down with yeah. Kodak and talk to them about C41 right. process Super 8 films. Uh, maybe there's a lab that has more money than we do and they can buy one of these things just outright. Maybe Indie Film Lab or Fine Lab, you know, we'll just say like, we're going to do it. Uh, and maybe, So raising awareness of the format and like its utility and getting people excited about it is that that's worth it to me too, because I just feel like it's this really just unutilized tool that has so much potential. Right. It gets Kodak selling more film, which they, they want to do too. And it's yep. the same right. stuff. So they don't right. have a problem making that. 
So Perfect World, you get funded and you're up and running by the summer. If I wanted to send in a cartridge, what would, what are, what do you, what do you, because obviously $100 is not realistic for most people to be able to, to spend. What, what is, what do you think you'd be able to like offer it at? $35 is our, is, is our price point. So wow. It'll be- <laughs> you guys, listeners, <laughs> listeners, let's all hurry up and help Mark. So obviously we're not supplying the film at that price point. Um, yeah. cause that's about what a cartridge of film yeah. costs, but right. I mean, the advantage of us crowdfunding it is that I don't have to recoup the investment on getting it. I don't think that I would be able to Correct. hit that $35 price point if we're not funded through this. Right. On day one, I'm paying off a $10,000 scanner and right, 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 and all right. the related stuff. So I think that, but I can do it if I don't have to do all those things for $35. I mean, um, the scanners that have recently been released in the marketplace, they are simpler to use. They have a smaller footprint. They require less computing power. You know, mm-hmm. and we've made key investments already, um, like upgrading to like a Mac Studio, you know, from an iMac. So I'll be able to handle 4K files should I be creating them. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, like I, it would be $35 for, for the black and white, uh, Tri-X. I should say just to be like a full disclosure thing, we're not immediately going to be doing ECN2 color negative stuff. I would be encouraging our clients to use Tri-X and Ektachrome. I th- yeah. personally, I think that they're the best Super 8 films that are available. I, I agree with you too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the vision, the vision three films are awesome. Like no doubt. But there's a, a real amount of complexity that goes into their they, – they require color grading, which is not just like feeding yeah. your film through a Fuji Frontier and you get kind of like a pretty beautiful picture. It's something else. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I like I, I also kind of think unless you're a pro filmmaker, it goes somewhat counter to the sort of laissez-faire uh, reality of shooting Super 8 where you're just kind of like – yeah. You let the image be in, in these formats to some extent. What's funny is I thought I had messed up shooting mine because I thought it was going to get it back from the lab. Not like yeah. that. And so I was like, I, I, I must have overexposed all of this. Like I was like super bummed. And then I was like, wait a second. I was like, no, I need to like go in Final Cut and like make adjustments <laughs> yeah. to this. Oh, like you know? three. Right. Yeah, Color like grading. Color neg- yeah, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. and you have the challenges from processing side of it of the remjet. I mean, ES, ECN two is a cool process, but it, re, it really does require like specialized specialized machines. They have these like like the film gets developed and then it has these like scrubbers as part of the process. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Um, yep. And I mean, you know, if somebody were to make a mini lab ECN two processor, then maybe I would look into something like that. But it doesn't exist right now. Um, right. Not to say that I won't like continue because a lot of people want me to be able. I get asked every, all, like every week if we process. 35 millimeter non cine still, you know, like non rimjet removed still yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and I turn people down because I'm, I'm just not gonna sit there with a sponge after every roll and, and, you know, right. and try to get the best out of it. I will say that guy from studio C41 is getting Atlanta film lab who works with Kodak. Is it Kodak film lab? I think that they, they probably are doing like all the Marvel movies, but, um, they're doing short ends of ECN two. So I guess you can send your ECN two stuff to them and they'll, They'll uh, they'll do your still lengths, but you know, cinema. Uh, you just got to have the machines for it. There was a guy in Ukraine that was making one for not a lot of money, and it was kind of small footprint. It was like maybe the size of a washing machine, and it was like maybe ten thousand um, dollars, which you know mm. theoretically could be funded or, or like you know it's not a hundred thousand dollars. So you, you could you imagine yeah, yeah, getting it, yeah. um, but stupid war, and that's not happening anymore. 
Yeah. So, Man. yeah, but Man. yeah, wow. that, that's kind of that's kind of the state of play. Like, I I think you can do everything that you wanted to do on those two films anyway. Right. I agree. And, I was just gonna say, and we can cross process the ectochrome, and you can still get that like amazing mm. cross process look. If you want to see an example of that, watch this season of Euphoria. I was just oh, gonna. Yeah. I was just literally going yeah. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, who doesn't want to shoot ectochrome after seeing I that? I mean, I know. I honestly, I shoot a lot of ectochrome, even though it's expensive for my still formats, because especially when I'm scanning it, it's just an incredible film. Like, I it yeah. is. It's gorgeous. I, I, I get mm. bummed because I can't darkroom print it. And so I'll have to maybe make a choice there now that I'm getting this processor. But mm. I, like, oh, my God, it's, I just find that like it's like this mix of like vivid and muted at the same time. The skin tones are just perfect. Yes. I, they, they just knocked it out of the park with that film. I don't feel like a lot of people use it, but I wish that they would. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Mark. I hope this works out in one way or the other for you. Like I said, we're going to spread okay. the word. Definitely. Because I think the community, you know, we're, we're, we're experiencing a lot of wins lately, and I feel like this would be another win for, for the community. I hope so, too. so yeah. hopefully, you know, if you guys have never shot Super 8, look into the medium because it really is, like Mark said, it lends itself so well to what we're already doing with stills. Yeah, it's like shooting film, but it moves. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, you yeah. know what cool film is? Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's another thing we don't want to lose either. You know, we don't want it to, to go away. So, yeah, we are we hope it works out and we've got our fingers crossed and we'll do whatever we can well, to help. Thank you guys so. for talking to me about and let me kind of ramble on. I, you know, this, this is great. No worries. We'll be right back with a listener question from Mark right after this message from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just wanted to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We develop some film. We talk shop. We laugh. We're also trying to get former guests to join us with these. They're a ton of fun. And like we say, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. Hey, it's Negative Supply. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hi, Negative Hi. Supply. <laughs> and they wanted to know, tell us about the status of the film industry from the perspective of a smaller lab. It's a very cool question. Yeah, okay, the status of the film industry. I'm, I'm imagining by film they mean like analog still shooting film as if uh, as what we we're talking about I mean I feel like we're in a uh, I feel like we're in a in a situation where like a thousand flowers are blooming I mean yeah. <laughs> I love that that's yeah. a, that's I a mean, good way like, to put it when I started Northeast Photographic in 2017 like I think I was right on the heels of a really big lab closing in Boston um, and there was there's one other mm. one in New Hampshire that's still around and they cater to like a slightly different market but in that time a lot of people have just had the same idea that I've had when I left New York, there were big labs there, like they were catering to the commercial photography industry, and all those big labs still exist. But I've been seeing three or four that I know of, uh, little shops that are operating at a scale that is similar to mine. So when I started, it was like, you send your film to Indy, RPL, 
um, North Coast mm-hmm. uh, find. And some of those guys were upstarts at that time. And now you're more likely to have a, a local shop. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, 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 it's great. I mean, it just but I think it really just shows the the interest that is is real and that it's it's not like a fad, as people had, have been telling me for 20 years mm. uh, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of film stuff. I think that there's a big generation uh, retiring and then there's nerds like me that are taking up the mantle and saying like, well, I know how to do this stuff and I actually kind of like doing it, which is maybe strange. Uh, so I'm going to uh, I'm, I, this is how I'm going to I'm going to make my career. And so, yeah, I feel like I mean, in, in terms of if from a uh, from, there's never been more interest, I feel like, in the modern era, in the modern age yeah. than there is now. And it's really just up to all of us. Like, I think of it myself uh, taking on this role to keep interest in this thing. I mean, I'm going on and on. But the, OK, this is real. And I, I thought this when I started the lab. I've always approached it from an if you build it, they will come mentality. And what I mean by that yeah. is if you... And I wish that Kodak would play ball on this to a certain extent. If you re- uh, remove barriers to people using the tools that they might have an interest in, they will do it. But you have to make the workflow that works for them. And so as that relates to Super yeah. Ape, if you take away cost, complexity, um, you know, even if you're not talking about cost in a Super 8 order form, you're talking about like someone asking you, do you want log 444 footage 422? Like, do you want letterbox? Do you want cro-? like there's a, a million like very high end video related options that you have to sort through? Yeah, which I was like, I don't know any of what to pick. Exactly. Pick. And some people, <laughs> yeah. there is a contingent of people and they matter too. Like their visual, um, well, I should say their vision for what they want to do matters just as much as someone who is like a film school grad. Um, and you, if you create right. a roadway for them to go on to use these m- tools and mediums, um, they'll do it. I mean, I've done that with, with what yeah. um, I talk about this in the video for the Instagram, like the, with shooting large format, you know, I just made a really cheap large format process and scan service. You know, like when I started, uh, my lab, uh, most labs are like 20 bucks a sheet for four by five. You know, we do it for like for 10 bucks yeah. a sheet because I created a workflow. And some of that is thanks to technology that has come out, like Negative Lab Pro, which allows me to do easy and fast conversions of these things. Before that, yeah. right. color yeah. out of some of these large format scans was like terrible. And you had to work really hard to make like a beautiful, right. vibrant image that reflected what you might, you know, is possible in the negative. Now it's much easier to do that. I take advantage of that stuff. And some of this was negative supply tools early in my in my time. Um, owning the lab, it, they just made it easier to do certain things. So if the labs that are starting and the people that are involved in shooting film have the desire to make a pathway for us to use all the tools that are available to us, this trend will keep happening. I mean, there's yeah. so many like well, analogous, you know, to use that word, which is uh, like things in in the world that have no immediate rational practical use, um, but are still thriving businesses like People still make hand-stitched sails. People still ride horses for some reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, people like yeah. there's just there's a lot of things people <laughs> do that if it was like digital photography, people would be like, well, "Why are you doing that? Why are you riding a horse? Don't you know that there's mm-hmm. a motorcycle?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 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 So this 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 thing that we're all excited about and that we all like, it doesn't have to go anywhere. There's no reason why. There's a new shutterbug to use an old phrase born every day, and they're naturally yep. going to have an interest in film and i mean i mean like and like everything you see related to photography every time there's a character in a movie they are not shooting digital 
And it's like they're always carrying mm-hmm. a Leica yeah, nope, yeah. or something. Every time there's an ad, uh-huh. it's yeah. a film camera. People still just think in terms of film. People want to use this stuff. It's my job as a person that owns a lab to make it easy for them to do so. If you just make it freaking easy, people will do it. Yeah, Damn right. Make it easy. Heck Somebody yeah. make it easy. Like people want to shoot Super 8. <laughs> Somebody's got to just make it easy for them to do it. Agreed. That's me, you, Mark. You're so, the guy. Uh, I, <laughs> watch my logos on that. <laughs> Good answer. We need people yeah. to think that way, though, because right. it's so true. I mean, damn. it. Film, I never thought, especially Chris and I, like when we started this podcast, we were never like, someday film's going to be effing huge again. You know what I mean? And yeah. we've always hoped it. And we were always wishing. But the whole time, it's like, there goes a film stock. There goes another film right. stock. And then like, boom. You know, here we are. It's like you can't watch a YouTube vlog without some, you know, young kid or young girl, young boy, young whatever, (laughs) grabbing a camera and just, hey, this is my new film camera that I bought off of whatever. And I'm shooting, you know, it's it's crazy. It's I never Mm -hmm. thought I'd see that again. And it's happening. You know, I I say this is kind of like a uh, like a like a I don't know, like a like a throwaway phrase or whatever. But I really think it's true. I think it's photography. This this thing we call photography, uh, the the royal photography, as it kind of changes over time and we deal with new mediums and ways that we share images. I really feel like the the real future of the art is largely analog because Digital yeah. is just constantly changing and advancing into this thing that is a hybrid of moving pictures and all these different ways that we present images. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to speak in the visual language that is a still image, which is its own thing. I mean, it's like it's separate from other things, right? It's separate from a TikTok short. It's separate from a GIF right. or 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 whatever the mediums are going to be. Um a still framed image is photography. I just feel like going forward, people are going to say like this photography thing. Well, we do it on this stuff called film. And that's how we practice the art. Just in the same way that for other art forms, you know, they, they say like, well, there's this thing called oil painting and we use oil paints, you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's how it's mm-hmm. done. There's this thing called like, like is someone not to devalue digital art, but like, you just don't call it painting, you know, like you call it, you call right. it, and there, yeah. there's no, yeah. I'm not making a value statement there. It's like, they have the same kind of relationship to each yeah. other, but photography is photography. It's these still images. And I think that you can't separate it from what it has been to now as the mediums change. I think that they will grow to places that we haven't even seen in terms from a digital and like commerce and communication perspective. So this art that we practice, that we grew up practicing I think that it's got an element of it that is static and maybe that makes photography, maybe it means that photography is turning into jazz to a certain extent. I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that, (laughs) but it's like there's, you can go to jazz clubs and they'll play you jazz music, Mm. but no one's talking Uh about it like in the the discourse. And that's saying that we'll have no relevance, but there's people that will seek it out. And I think that's true of photography. I mean, there's people that are going to want to shoot black and white film and they're like, go to the dark room, make a print, put it on the wall. And I, so I right. think the future of right. our medium is, is, is analog. I think I, 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 more than digital. I mean, we, 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 we talk, we talk to a lot of professional photographers on this show who I would always ask them the question, like, do you have to like plead your case to shoot film? And for a while I was like, yes, you know, yeah. And then now it's like, no, that they want me. They want, they just, they want my look. They want, they, they don't even, they just, I, I tell them I have a film yeah. budget. I'm like, okay. Yep. And that's just wonderful that those days are over. Like having to be like, if you want this look, this is what it is. And this is what it costs. And like, well, can't you shoot it on digital? There's no, n- people don't do that anymore. People are like, understand 
understanding that like film is yeah, my back. friend Tristan yeah. works for the New York Times uh, style section some and and they said that they ask him for film all the time they just ask him for film they say like here's yeah. your assignment yep. uh, we know you do film do it on film and uh, yeah. I, I love seeing that and it totally makes sense I mean his work is, is beautiful yeah. I mean he's, and he's not just like he's he's not a guy that is like I'm a film photographer and this is what I shoot he he does both and he's happy to do both but I don't know maybe they just see his Hasselblad right. images and he's like these are better somehow I don't know <laughs> yes yeah I think Always. that's I think yeah. a lot of it like a lot of it is like we want that and they're like okay well this is why and like okay of course I'm constantly telling him to get rid of his Hasselblad so <laughs> <gasps> oh, if, you, if you guys you. have a hot take uh, podcast I'll, I'll do my hot take on Hasselblads which is that I hate them <laughs> 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 Hot take on Hasselblad. Oh my god. The the Rolly Hasselblad war, wars <laughs> yeah. alive. I'm, I'm, I've come to fight. So <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of cameras then. Yeah, going to the to the camera the two-part camera question. Uh part You know what your answer is not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> part 1 of said question is the age-old desert island camera. Is there one camera you cannot live without? What's it going to be? Well, it is my Rolleiflex as I just mentioned. I don't know what I, mm. I, I, I what sucks is I don't use it as much as I should, but it's like my first medium format camera was a Hasselblad and um I never made great work with it. When I got a Rolleiflex, I don't know, my just it's just sometimes I feel like you hope for this a lot of times when you buy a new camera that like somehow your pictures are just going to get better by nature of the camera. With yeah. me and the Roly, it yeah. actually happened. I don't know what it is. I think it's the that because uh, I don't have one. I don't have the one with a prism finder. Like a uh, mine. Mine is just pre prism finder. Mm. I love as an ADHD person. I love a fixed lens camera. I love limitations. I need to set those. Yeah. And it's got mm. that fixed 80 millimeter yes. lens, and you are just using that. It's really lightweight. You can shoot at like a thirtieth of a second, and it's fast. Oh my god, I love my I love my Rolleiflex. I do my best work with it, and I hardly ever use it because I have so scatterbrained that I want to use all the cameras. All right, that's, that's yeah. yeah. Well, well, I shot last night, so that's some some points for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. <laughs> that's a great answer. Yeah. That might be a first too. I'd have to Rolleiflex. I need to start. Yeah, you do. We I need, need to, to start have, like, logging. These. Everything that's wrong yeah. with the world today is that people are not shooting Rolleiflexes I know, enough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, part two, and we—it's not going to be a Hasselblad. Part two is the white whale camera. Is there anything that you've kind of always wanted that you you you'd never had, or you did have and you let it go? And what what camera are you lusting after right now? We call it the white whale. Oh my god, I know exactly. I know exactly what my answer is. It's it's uh well, it doesn't have to be one camera, but I'd like an 11 by 14 film oh, camera. Oh, okay. Oh my god. Field, yeah, field yeah, camera, not yeah. field camera. Um I shoot 8 by 10. We just uh, the lab, I I should say I cuz it's really yeah, yeah. But the lab <laughs> just bought a brand new Kienzel 8 by 10 in okay. larger. Wow. Um with an LED head. Wow. And so I'm really into large format. I love 8x10. I love that you guys had Alex Sothan because he was the guy that oh, yeah. you know, I saw his right. show at the Minneapolis Art Institute. I said, oh, I'm going to have to buy an 8x10 yeah, camera now. Yeah. Um, and man, you just got to keep chasing that white rabbit. And the next thing is 11 by 14 And the, the time is right. I have a scanner Ooh. that can accept an 11 by 14 sheet. My Colex can accept an 11 by 14 sheet. In fact, if I have a next crowdfunding thing, what I'm trying to do is organize a group of some of the best working photographers in Maine. So people like um, Sig Harvey and Greta Ribas and my friend Tristan and, and a number of others. I've not talked to all of them, so this might be news to them. But I'm trying to get them to do a crowdfunding campaign where we raise money to buy 
um, the minimum order quantity of 11 by 14 Portra 400. And then I send all of them out into the main world and they do a project that is interesting to them all in this format. And then we process and scan it and print it and, 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 and do contact prints and all this stuff. I mean, like, I think it could be cool. It could be very cool. We shall see. Yeah. So I like I like formats, you know, like Super 8. It's pretty tiny. It's pretty yeah. grainy. I like 11 by 14 because it's freaking huge. But that's <laughs> so like cool. the best thing about this whole thing is there's so many. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it's crazy because, uh, you know, that's why I find digital so overwhelming is because there's just too many options. But then it's like there's so many options in film, too. And I just look right past it. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always describe digital as like the terrifying sameness. I mean, like, yeah, what? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's 35 millimeter or slightly smaller than 35 millimeter, or now they're slightly bigger than 35 millimeter. Yeah, yeah. It's like somebody six by six chip. Actually, if my next other hot take is that all the camera companies that make digital cameras are cowards for not making square sensors. Mm. That would be cool. Yeah. Why do Why do they have to be, now that they're all high resolution, why do they have to be oh, rectangles? Because you can just you crop. crop. It, yeah. it, it makes. Yep. And you could preview it. You don't even, because you know what? Like, you use a Hasselblad because you don't have to do this when you want to take a vertical. Because there is there no vertical. Right, vertical. Right, yep. right, right. And that, that, like, man, if you had like a Nikon that was just like hit a button vertical, hit a button horizontal, or just shoot this like beautiful 36 by 36 square. Mm-hmm. Mr. Nikon, if you're out there, <laughs> I have ideas for you. Well, solid, solid answers. Yeah, that was I'm good. I'm stoked. I mean, always. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, me too. We're always, I'm always excited to, to, to talk shop and thanks for, thanks for listening to me. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Mark. And we, like I said, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to help this dream come true. Where can everybody check out the campaign? So, uh, if you, uh, I, I, it's probably the easiest way to link to it is, uh, well, obviously you're listening to this podcast. So you go to the description as you write a review <laughs> and rate analog talk, uh, rate them positively. Uh, you can probably see a link there, but if you are looking on the Northeast photographic Instagram, we have a link tree. It is right there. Perfect. Um, there are various other places where I've talked about it and I continue to, I, I, I try to do, you know, Instagram stuff about it every day, but I treat Instagram kind of like our little microblogging mm-hmm. platform. So that's where we engage with most yeah. people. Uh, you can go get to it from our website, of course, northeastphotographic.com. And you can see kind of everything that we do as a lab. If you're interested, if you're looking for a new lab, um, all the other labs are bad. Mine is the best. So right. you should obviously be using mine. Um, and, and yeah, that's what I would have to say about that. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, Timothy, where can everybody find you? Guys, I'm on all the social medias under at Timothy Makeups. I also have some film photography related YouTube stuff. You can find that, you know, just go to the search bar, type in Timothy Makeups. Uh, Yeah, that's it for me. Chris, where are you? So I'm Crispy Photo on all of the things, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Granary. Uh, We're Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram and Analog Talk Pod on Twitter. And Mark, Mark, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. We wish you all the success in the world with this. Yeah, and thanks for taking the time. We're going to be chat screaming off the rooftop rooftops yeah. for you here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> thank you guys. This was so much fun. Yeah. Awesome. I love podcasts. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. First off, Kristen, I would like to thank Mark for coming on the show. Super eight. Super 8. We're stoked. 
hopefully we can spread the word, we can get this thing funded, and we can have affordable Super 8. Like how, I mean, my mind can't even comprehend it because I don't even shoot the format anymore because it's just, it's unattainable for my pocketbook. But Mark, we love what you're doing. The Hearing all about the lab and how it got started, such a great story, inspiring. Just, uh, it, it's it's been a great chat. And thank you so much for what you're doing for the community. We look forward to seeing what happens in the future here. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon development hang nights over there. We have a bunch of stuff in the archives just waiting for you to watch and listen to and check out. Uh, For the Patreons who already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. And yeah, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. Thanks so much for you know making it to the end listening to the show we appreciate each and every single one of you listeners uh guys we will see you with an all-new episode next week so keep shooting and we'll see you soon later millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.